Hello, and welcome to another episode of Talking BS. My name is Van Santos, and as always, I'm joined by my old pal, Corey Bell. This week's episode is titled Storytime with Van. Don't worry, you're also going to get Storytime with Corey, but we're starting with me. As I'm transitioning out of a job that I've held on and off for the last nine years, Corey took the opportunity to ask me a few questions about the hospitality industry. I really enjoyed reminiscing and revisiting old times and old friendships that I made along the way. I really hope that you enjoy this episode that's filled with all of my stories. And don't forget, tip your valet. holiday season <laughs> and coming off of a heavier topic last week wanted to have a little bit more fun with it this week and we have a reason to celebrate our boy van santos found out last week that he officially passed the bar and is an attorney in the state of tennessee right on chime time right there on chime right go. on chime so hey that's too that's i mean like listen that's that's what we were setting this whole thing up for we were timing that out just right with that being said we're leaving away from your current position and what you've been doing while you've been kind of going through law school this episode is really going to be more dedicated to you some of the different stories that you've been able to accumulate over the uh the years and just having a little bit more fun with it so to, to start us off here you mind kind of explain to everybody what exactly it has been you've been doing? When Corey and I bounced around the idea of a lighter episode, we knew at some point that we were going to do, I don't know if we we're going to call it story time or work stories or whatever. Uh, we were each going to get our own episode where the other person just asked questions. So I guess today is mine. Um, so when I first moved to Nashville, uh, I was playing in bands and playing around town and I needed a side gig to just make me some money. So I started valeting and that was the end of my life right there in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> I have actually worked for that same company on and off, like part, full, full time, sometimes part time, sometimes I've worked on and off for them for the last eight years now, uh, almost nine come February, which is just wild. So what started off as a part-time gig, me like just running cars, you know, all that stuff. I got a promotion to a supervisor position. And then, I, you know, after the music thing kind of tailed off, then I, I went into management and uh, became an assistant manager, worked my way up and then ended up taking on my own uh, team as an actual account manager for this company. To explain that a little bit, th this company is basically a vendor for hotels. So it's a staffing company, basically. And they, uh, hotels pay us to come in and staff their, their positions, whatever positions are in the contract that could be bell services, could be shuttle drivers, valet, front of house services, basically. So, um, so yeah, I've worked in basically every level that, uh, exists in that company from line level, uh, all the way up until to the account manager position. I never got to the district or area manager. I, I wasn't really interested in that. So, um, but yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the job. So my background is is going to be twofold. It's going to be employee and 
employer-ish, you know, kind of, kind of like that. So what, that, so had a, had a good jump around there from a couple different positions. Which one was your favorite? Which one was my favorite? What position probably, out of all the ones? Probably, yeah. probably the supervisor position because the team was still mine. I still got to, to supervise a team of anywhere between like, I mean, it could, some days it could be one or two people. It could also be like 10 people. So you got that team captain vibe, you know, you got that, like, I'm the cool team captain. It's my team. We're cool. And then you flip that line to manager and you're, everybody hates you. Every <laughs> single person hates you. And at that point, all of a sudden you're on an Island and you're answering to your team, which could be a staff of anywhere between like 20 and a hundred and the hotel you're answering to your actual boss, which is, you know, your direct report with the, the company that you work for. And then all the guests at the hotel. So you're quite literally the middleman or woman between all of these different people and they all hate you and they all want something from you and you're never good enough because it's hospitality. So, <laughs> <laughs> so my favorite, my absolute favorite position, I was the, I was a uh, guest service coordinator at uh, one of the Marriott properties in town. And I'll be honest, I was there in that role for probably a year. That was at the height of me playing music too. So I was working full-time during the day and we were playing at night. And uh, I made the reason why, another reason why that was my favorite job as I made so many friends there, like lifelong friends, people that, you know, will be in my wedding, people that like I still keep up with and get, you know, get food with all the time and, you know, just lifelong friends. So that was a really special time for me. It was hard. Like when you're in it, the job sucks. It's terrible. You know, you're, you're just like exhausted. People are yelling at you. It's sweaty. It's cold. You're outside. It's, you know, it's grimy, but sometimes you go through that kind of stuff and like you, you end up, you know, making best friends, you know, along the way. So that would be my favorite position along the way. Man. All right. So since we started, there's a lot of ways to go with that. So I'll start it here though, since you talked about that being your favorite position uh, and that role with that role, you probably did a lot of hiring and firing right? Give me an example of maybe one of the weirdest times or funniest memories that you have of having to let somebody go. I'll, I'll answer that question and one that you didn't ask. Well, first of all, firing somebody is not fun. I, I'm going <laughs> to be honest with you. It's not a good time. You know, people, some people, when they get fired, they think that it's vindictive or they think it's mean or whatnot. And at the end of the day, I'm kind of just, it's a CYA moment. You know, you're just covering your ass. Like this person is clearly not doing their job up to the standards that they need to do their job. That's it. It's pretty simple. I always use the book as my backstop as like my, you know, rationale, like you got to be here on time. You're not here on time. I, wh what am I supposed to do with that? It is what it is. Yep. Like you're supposed to be here at 7am. You're here at literally 7.15 a.m. every single day. If I can't count on you, then you can't be here. That's it. Pretty simple. So um, just to start off with that, I do not enjoy firing people, and I did, did not. And uh, segueing into a couple interesting stories, you know, I can't think of one where it was like a bizarre firing. Most of them are pretty straightforward, like, you know, somebody wrecked a car, somebody's late, somebody won't shave, somebody won't follow the rules, somebody's out of uniform, you know, repeat offenders like that, people that just don't care. Um, those are the pretty straightforward ones. 
then there's the the next tier of like really like really uh probably the most awkward conversation i ever had to have was a general manager at one of my hotels said hey your shuttle driver he uh he he smells really bad we're gonna need you to go talk to him about his smell <laughs> and i'm like the stinky kid is this it the stinky <laughs> kid in school i've got to go do this so i had to have this conversation with this guy about like hey man how's it going <laughs> <laughs> um do you, so do you do you wear deodorant or do you oh yes i do okay do you how much do you need some more do you <laughs> it's it was it was by far one of the most awkward conversations um this guy was from a foreign country and Ooh. english was not his first language uh he was he spoke just fine but there was definitely a culture cultural barrier as well and i tried to handle it the best i could but man that's awkward <laughs> um there's a, there were a couple other times where, you know, the valet guys go in and they start talking to the front desk girls. And then that never ends well, dude. Never ends well. Oh, that's well. fantastic. Frat, fraternizing with the, uh, the front desk girls. <laughs> I, I mean, a match made in heaven results in, uh, you know, tra- you're, you're going to get moved. You're probably going to get moved. <laughs> oh, man, that's fantastic. Oh, that's funny. I could um, imagine being one of those so, guys. I would have I yeah, I done that. Yeah, I can't say, you know, I can't say that I've had any that are, like, off the wall crazy. Now, I've had some people get fiery and, like, get get riled up and start yelling. And that is, like, uh, okay. Because, you know, the thing is, like, if you if you start a team, you're usually inheriting a team from someone else. So – you know, if you move to a new hotel or a new property, they're not all your guys. It's kind of like football. It's kind of like sports, you know, it's like, okay, well you come in, you're going to evaluate. All right. Well, I got the top 10% got the middle 70 or the, the top 20 middle 70 bottom 10, those bottom 10, it's like, all right, well you, you better get on the train or it's time to mm-hmm. go. And so, uh, there's definitely been some times where the bottom 10% doesn't want to change. And, uh, you know, you get somebody that's been doing it for 15 years this way. And it's like, man, I'm sorry. This is not how it's going to be done today. You know? Um, so I've had, I've had to have some people, you know, Hey, I call another manager and come in and be like, Hey, I need you to sit in on this termination. Cause you know, they could throw, they could throw hands. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, like I tried to find the big guy, yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh man. So yeah, I, I wish I had a better one for that, but you know, yeah, at worst there's some yelling that goes on and there's some awkwardness at the end of the day. I always was trying to help people. I think most people got that at the, at the end of the day, but some people were, yeah. Some people just looking out for them, man. Ooh. Okay. Okay. I can, I can do this one. And I'm, I'm going to share just enough details, but I did have a guy that worked overnight for me and he quite literally crashed a car into another car in front of two guests at like 3 a.m. And then security was called and he proceeded to tell security like, nah, I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the two ladies are like, yeah, no, no, we, we just watched you do that. And <laughs> security's like, what's this dent right here? He's like, yeah, no, nah, wasn't it? <laughs> it's like, uh, like, uh, Burt Reynolds from the Saturday night lives. Like, yeah, nah, wasn't me. Nap. Don't know what you're talking about. Wasn't me. <laughs> and, uh, and it's just one of those that sit him down. Like, Hey, uh, two witnesses. I'm sure it's on Security's camera. He's called. 
it's it's like right there it, it was on camera i'm like so fantastic what, what do you want me to do with this that, that's pretty oh, good gosh. i like that one i like that that's yeah. funny speaking of that so mm. you did your time riding some cars right have you ever even scratched yeah. anything man i'll be honest i never once had an accident let's see i i, I mean I, at the very very beginning i had this one close call where i backed up into a gate uh, I like you go through the gates to park in the garage. Well, another guest was pulling it. It was like a public lot and I go to back up and, and I'm early on like two months in month in. So like, am I, you know, I'm, I'm learning how to ride the bike still. Um, just cause there's a lot that goes into that. But, uh, I backed up into this gate and thank God it had like a foam padding around the whole thing. So there was no, no damage, no nothing. Like, and I, I always took the stance of like, man, if I do something, I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell, you know, the guest. Um, but no, I, I was, I was a good boy Very nice. <laughs> in, uh, in, in, in almost nine years of doing this, I've never had one. I will tell you the most frustrating from, from a flip side, dealing with incidents is not, Oh, not a fun time, <laughs> not a fun time at all. Uh, especially when it's not you, it's some, probably the most infuriating thing when I'm the manager and someone else, you know, messes up and I have to deal with it. It is terrible. And, and, you know, all the time it's like, same thing. I related to sports again, but like when you're the manager, yep. you're the coach, you know what I'm saying? When you're the supervisor, you're the captain. So, you know, I'm trying to put good captains out there so that they can teach the guys and lead the guys and, and, and everything and make sure the team's like following my lead as like when I'm not there, but no, no lie. I hired this one kid who uh, one of my guys vouched for, and this is so embarrassing. He quite literally left the the trunk open on an suv took it right down into the garage and there's a concrete uh (laughs) there's a concrete roof in the garage and i'll be honest uh i say we lightly but he got really lucky that i ended up firing (laughs) (laughs) but but he got really lucky that it only smashed out the back window of the trunk um just imagine you're on a trip you're on a business trip you're here for meetings you're from out of town you drove from atlanta or wherever i don't know and you know you park your car with valet it's cool whatever you come back oh hey ma'am uh sir uh, you no longer have a rear window in your car that's a bad day <laughs> that's a bad day yeah that's a it's not a good day for anyone and i was the guy that had to go tell mm. that guest that information so you you better believe that i got I learned how to get tough skin really fast. Um, would you consider, would you consider that man, one like your worst memory? Oh, worst memory ever. We'll do best next. So it'll get better. <laughs> well, you know, you know, it was funny. You know, it was funny. I, I wouldn't say this was the worst. This was, it was pretty close. So it was my first night again. I'm at this, that first hotel, I'm a supervisor. So I'm just like a line level. I'm the captain at this point. Think about it that way. So, I spent one of my first nights ever running the shift as like the shift lead, the captain, like supervisor, whatever. So um, I'm closing out the night. It's like 1045 PM. I'm getting my paperwork together, wrapping up. I'm leaving at 11 PM and then I'm going to bounce. I'm feeling good about myself. Like I got a little pay raise feeling great. And so I send this dude, I think his name was Greg. I'm pretty, po- actually, I know. It was Jimmy Grimes, was wasn't it? Uh, it was no, Jimmy. <laughs> oh, this is a Jimmy Grimes moment. <laughs> nah, Jimmy. Hey, I think Jimmy Grimes is better than this. But anyways, at like 1030, 
I send this guy, Greg, to go get a car. I'm like, hey, this, car, this key's coming up for this guest or whatever. Don't think about it. I'm, I'm shuffling around doing paperwork. Turns out this guest that requested their car was driving back to Louisville early um, and decided to check out at 10.30 p.m., which was a weird thing to do. People don't check out of hotels at 10.30 at night. Um, but he decided to go back early. <clears throat> and uh, so he checks out of his room. And crazy enough, within the 30 minutes that, that he requests the car and then he goes to leave, someone they checked somebody into that same room, like in the system. Somebody like booked the room and said it was spoken for. Anyways, 10.30, he requested at like 10.50. I see this guy's been outside for like five, 10 minutes. And I'm like, where's Greg? Like, this takes three minutes to like, if you, even if you walk, it takes five minutes to like bring this car around. So <clears throat> I'm like, look to the left. I look to the right, look to the left. I look back to the right and I see Greg pale as a ghost, just out of breath sweating just dripping sweat he's running up to me and he's like i'm like dude are you okay what's up he puts his hands down on his knees and he goes i totaled it man i totaled it (laughs) (laughs) i'm like i'm like nah nah. i'm like no that's not funny dude what's up (laughs) and so you know, me now, I would have turned to the guest and be like, hey, you know, we'll be right back with you one second. I just dropped what I was doing, just followed him over there. I go to the garage. There is a, like at the time, brand new GMC, like uh, Yukon. And it is quite literally knuckled around one of the cement columns in the garage. And I'm telling you, I'll explain how much so, but I mean, like, like out of a movie, like the Matrix, dude, like car smashes into a column and then like bends around it. Okay. Hey, whenever we put this episode up online, I'm How sharing this photo. That? So for, for, Hey, for you listeners, when you get to this point, go on Twitter and I will post this photo. Cause it is gnarly. So I, I, so I, I get over there. There's fluids on the ground. It's steaming. I'm like, this thing's going to blow up. <laughs> I'm like, I, is there gas coming out? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything about cars. <laughs> So I run back and I'm like, do I call the police? I start calling my manager, by the way, flip side, me now manager years later, 1030 night, like I've got my phone on, which sucks. Cause I'm getting paid like a teacher, <laughs> but I'm on call like a doctor. Um, so I start calling my manager at 1030 night. No answer, no answer, no answer. 11 o'clock, no answer. So I don't know what to do. This is my first night working as a supervisor, not a clue what's going on. And, uh, so I just kind of start figuring it out. I called the cops. It's on private property. The cops can't do anything. So I called them for no reason. I just wasted their time. Thanks a lot, taxpayers. Um, and so <laughs> I finally get the hotel to help me out. I go talk to the guests. I'm like, sir, there was, uh, there was an accident with your vehicle. Um, you know, yeah, it, he's like, well, is it, is it just scratch or something? Can I still take it? I'm like, yeah, you're not going to be able to drive it tonight. <laughs> oh, man. And his room state just... Imagine. Oh my gosh. And, and there, and that's where that fact is important now because I go back to the hotel and I tell him, Hey, he can't check out. It's, uh, you know, he can't go anywhere. So he's going to decide to stay the night. They're like, well, shit, we went, uh, rented the room out already. They worked some magic. I think they turned a room that had something like the TV was broken or something. So they ended up getting him back in the hotel. And I was just like, I'm like, I always am. And I'm like, sir, I'm really sorry. Like I, you know, 
I don't, I'm sorry that I didn't know what to do tonight. I'm just, I'm trying to get you taken care of whatever we can do to, you know, remedy the situation. I'm sorry. This is on us. And at the end of the night, he shook my hand and he gave me 10 bucks, which was shocking. Shocking. Um, um, wow. It got, we, look, the only reason why, and this is like a known thing in the, in the valet world, but the only reason why was because it was a rental Ooh. car. So not even his car. So, like, think about, you know, you. If it's your personal car and we just wrap oh, it around a pole, oh, yeah. you're going to be furious. You're going to blow up. Flip side, if you just rent a car and you got the rental insurance or you know that the valet company is going to take care of it, I mean, it's not yours or whatever. Who cares? So, um, you know, he just he couldn't check out and go home early. But that, mm. <laughs> stress-wise, I don't think I left till 2 a.m. Oh, this is the kicker. This explains how bad it was finally get the tow truck company to come pick it up and the tow truck guy gets in there and there's you know how tow trucks kind of like want cars in a certain way before they pick them up sometimes (laughs) well there's no doing that here because he gets in the car tow truck driver gets in the car cranks it up and i'm like again liquids on the ground your boy's out here i'm over here like behind a column nope nope i don't think so so he cranks it up. Sure enough, it rolls over and he turns it up, throws it in reverse, trying to get it off the column, spins the tires, going nowhere. Literally like floored wow. it in reverse. This dude was like tow truck all-star. So throws it in reverse, cannot get it off the column by putting it in reverse. It is so like wedged around this column. So he finally like zigzags in, he gets the forks underneath the wheels and he has to like haul ass to get this thing off this cement column. I think he had to like like zigzag his wheels to the side, go backwards and forwards, and kind of rock it out. And it finally comes off. The whole like front bumper get, was like fell to the ground. It was it was oh oh it was bad. It was wow. horrendous. Um, and and after like an hour, which you know the first thing I should have been like was like, yo, <laughs> yeah. are you okay? <laughs> you were. You were just involved in a serious collision. You might have brain damage. <laughs> you know, he was he was definitely in shock. Oh, I will give you that at least. Um, so, okay. You know what? Now that I'm saying that out loud, that, that was my worst experience. <laughs> that's a great one. That was that was awesome. Oh man, dude! All right, one follow up, and it has nothing to do with the story, but it does have something to do with you said for people who are listening. There's unspoken rules of of valet all right so give me a few of those unspoken rules and then tell me the best way because i do travel a lot not recently but i travel a lot do kind of check in and out to hotels what are what are the rules for you know tipping and different things interactions with the valet so for some behind the scenes and then to like how we would generally you know interact right 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 i mean that's a great point because i think if you grow up if I had not worked this job, I don't think I would have a strong grasp on tipping. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of an old, an old thing. And yet we all go to restaurants. So we, we kind of get it at restaurants. We kind of, everybody kind of knows how that works. And some people are good at that. And some people are bad at that. And you know, the way it's set up at restaurants, you get the meal, you do all the work on the front end and then your tip is at the end and you just kind of like <laughs> pray for the best. You know what I'm saying? You're working, you're working for that tip throughout the meal. Um, so with valet and I would, I'll throw bell services in there and then like shuttle too. you know, like certain hotels have shuttles to airports or to downtown or whatever. Okay. Typical good tipping, right? From three to five, 
for, for to bring a car around or to park a car is solid, right? So typically whenever you bring up the car, people tip more. I would say there's like an 80% chance, 75% chance you're going to get a tip when you bring a car up for a guest to leave. Um, that usually is three to five. You're, if you're in the $10 range, $20 range, you're, you're, you're going to draw some attention of Fair the enough. LA guys. <laughs> so, um, for bell services to get the bags all the way to the room kind of depends on a couple things. You got two bags, five bucks, 10 bucks. That's great. If you're loading up three carts to lug across the entire resort to get all the way up to the room while the kids are screaming and they're hanging onto the cart and like somebody spilled McDonald's on the ground and it smells like onions and ketchup. Yeah. You're probably going to want to tip 20 to $40. Cause that's a lot of, a lot of work. Um, and think about, think about time too. So if it takes, takes the bellman an hour, to get you across the resort, get all your stuff loaded up and get everything, whatever, you know, so kind of, kind of random there. And then shuttle, I guess, depends on distance too. think about a cab driver or whatever, you know, I think usually five to $10 for a shuttle ride is, is fair depending on how far it is. But, um, so some unspoken rules, if, if you have a nice car and you want it to be taken care of, you tip on the way in, you, you tip <laughs> on the way in, you know? Like if you're, if you're going to roll, if you're going to roll up in a G wagon or a Range Rover and you want that thing up front, don't be like, Hey man, keep me up front and then walk away. I, I look, I'm not of the type that's going to be like, well, screw that guy. I'm parking it in a lot or whatever. That's not really me. I will try to work for it on the front end, but I will tell you that a lot of old school valets will be like, no, <laughs> we're parking on the moon. <laughs> like, you know, I've seen this story a thousand times. The new guy comes over to talk to like the 15 year veteran guy. And he's like, Hey, uh, this guy has to be kept up front. Is that cool? He's like, did you, did he tip anything? And he's like, no, he's like, park him on the moon. I've, heard that I've never times. heard that. That's fantastic. So that that's definitely a funny little inside one. I don't know. There there's a lot. It's, it's funny. It's funny when you get the non-travelers, it's not funny, but it's just kind of like, you can tell pretty quickly who hasn't traveled and who has traveled because they kind of know how things work. There's like a smooth, uh, you know, like, Hey, welcome to the hotel. Are you going to valet? Sure. Yeah, I would. Or no, I'm going to self park. Okay, cool. You kind of know if they know what they're doing at that moment. If they're like, uh, uh, I'm not really sure where, where are we supposed to go? It's like, Oh God, well, this could be a long one. So, and there's all those little, little rules that go with that. So then, you, okay, I got to do the long explanation now, as opposed to like the, the quick and painless one. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of little ins and outs to that, you know, and you start reading people. I, that's what I love. Is it like, it's like a, think about a computer program that runs and it's like, you click one button and then we go down these three options and you click another button and go down three. It's like, it's like ordering off a menu. That's what it's like. If somebody says one thing, I know I've got three more options to say and then so on and so forth. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, those are, those are a couple right. good examples. So this was always at least my favorite from afar for you in this job. It'd probably be about once a month. I'd usually mm-hmm. get a phone call from be like, you'll never guess who I just got to meet. Talk to us about some of the celebrity stories and some of the celebrities that you've had the chance to meet, uh, during this time in your life. So I'm going to, I'm going to okay. do a ramp up. I'm going to, I'm going to, cause I mean, there's some good ones. I don't good, bad, or indifferent, good, bad, or indifferent. There's quite a few. So I'm going to start off with at the very bottom, every country star ever, every country <laughs> star ever. Nashville. <laughs> so, <laughs> and they're not always the most memorable, but my gosh, I mean, you know, from the various places I've worked, 
you know, right, working right downtown, you get to see quite literally everyone from the old guys that did it to the new, the new up and comers, you know, Lady Annabella and Florida Georgia line, Luke Combs. Oh, it's just, I mean, Carrie Underwood, Tim McGraw's come in a couple times, you know, uh, Keith Urban was pretty cool seeing him. That was pretty cool. And then, you know, these other people, they play shows in the park and they play shows on the corner and they do all these specials. Yeah. You just kind of, you always just kind of run into people. It's one of those towns right now, which is, which is really cool. But, uh, one of my cooler, I'm going to, I got three that I'm thinking of Chris Pratt. That was the one I wanted. That was the one I wanted. Was Chris on, on a, on a scale of enjoyability, Chris Pratt was number three out of the top three. So I am actually not even working this night, which is why this made this good. I'm actually just downtown. Um, I think I went to a concert or something and I'm actually leaving. So I'm going home tired. It's like probably 1130, 12 o'clock at night. And I go into one of our hotels. I didn't even work at this hotel at the time. I ended up working there later, but I end up going in to use the restroom before we go home. And I'm walking in the big spinning doors to go in. And I kind of like turn to the left, to, you know, as you're walking in a door and you kind of like turn to see, okay, are we going to go first? Are you going to go first? Am I going to go first? You're going to go first. Okay. You go. Okay. I'll go. Okay. Okay. So I turn to the left to do that thing. And I'm like, this is Chris Pratt right there. I'm like, well, all right, cool. So I go through the spinning doors, turn around and I fanboyed hard, hard. Cause I'm not at work. Right. So I don't have to worry about like not fanboying. Cause there's some rules about that. You're not supposed to take pictures and you're not really supposed to engage too much. So I fanboy, I'm like, Hey man, uh, I'm, you know, I hate doing this cause I don't, but like, can I get a, can I get a picture with you, man? He's like, yeah, cool. One, you know, one second, I'll get my boy to take it. Dude, they're all hammered. It's him and three other dudes, him and three dudes. And they're just hammered. And, uh, so, so he's like, I'll get my boy to do it. He's a great photographer. He's kidding, obviously. And I'm like, Oh, I'll just, I'll just take it myself. He's like, no, 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 I'll get off here, Jimmy Grimes. And, <laughs> and, uh, and so he gets the, he gets his guy to take the photo he hands me the phone back. He's like, Hey, does it look good? I look at it. It's just, <laughs> just fuzz, yep. just chime time. There we go. But I look at the phone and there's like four photos and they're all just like faded to the side or like, like fuzzy. And I'm like, he's like, Oh, is it good? I'm like, uh, no, no, not really. Can I, can I get, can I get a selfie real fast? <laughs> Again, fanboying, no shame at this point. So I hold up the phone and then he starts getting a phone call. It's his wife at the time, Anna Ferris, what no big deal. So, so straight up, he's like, oh, hang on one second, dude. Let me take this real fast. Hey, baby, what's up? And I'm like, my God, Anna Ferris is on the phone right now. No big deal. No big deal. Uh, movie star, whatever. And uh, he's like, oh, hang on, baby. I, I got to take this photo real fast. And so he puts Anna Ferris on hold to take a photo with me. I have that photo, too. I will definitely put that online as well. But that one was one of my favorites. And then the way that it ended was the best. So I go to the restroom at this point, just fanboyed out, whatever come back to the car and I didn't think anything of it. Uh, the next morning I heard from the manager at that hotel that there was a, uh, a security report from the night before, which was the night that I met them. And it said that uh, an unnamed celebrity uh, had jumped the bar <laughs> and tried to pour all of his friends drinks. <laughs> so, uh, so turns out, turns out that right after I got done talking to him, the bar was closed because, again, it was late. Apparently, he jumped the <laughs> bar and tried to pour drinks for all of his buddies. 
again, they were again they were hammered. So that um, man, that was one Did of my favorites. I enjoyed that, that, that was, was that was a really fun one. So the next one. How much trouble do you get into for like doing something like that? For like, yeah, it's the hotel bar. You go behind it, pour a tree drink. I mean, you really get in that much trouble? Yeah, I mean, maybe a regular person, if they if they if they stayed back there and they actually poured stuff and they try to take a bottle, I mean once the security says, hey, get out of there, yeah, okay. if you don't comply, they're probably calling the cops. You know what I'm saying? If you just get, get out of there and you no harm, no foul, they're probably going to let it go. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. Downtown Nashville between 12 p.m. and 3 a.m. stuff. Yeah. It's the walking dead. No, it's the walking dead because people have been drinking for eight hours, and then they're stumbling back to their <laughs> hotel rooms. It is uh, rough rough stuff so number two clocking in at number two on my celebrity favorite stories rob cordry so this is uh ballers guy hot tub time machine uh one of my favorite actors comedians just the way he presents himself and the way he talks in his you know and his stuff is hysterical so i was working at a smaller boutique hotel as the manager at this point so i'm always wearing like a suit for work and stuff at this point and uh, I get word that he's in the hotel and, you know, one, you can't ever share that information. So again, at the time, like I'm not tweeting out or like Instagram or whatever, like you don't do that stuff, you know, that's off limits. So I hear that he's coming down to check out and, you know, I'm always outside walking around doing whatever, but I went over to, you know, get the door. I think he was there with his family. So I get the door for everybody Get, you know, I'm chatting them up, getting their, their bags in the car and stuff. Again, not fanboying at this point because I'm just doing my job. And, you know, I didn't say anything like, hey, I know who you are. Like, I love your stuff. But uh, he was just a super cool, genuine guy. He looks at me, you know, we're just chit-chatting about the weather or do you need directions and all that stuff and just like the, the basics. And then he pauses and he kind of like gives that raised eyebrow look at me. And he like just looks me in the eyes for a second. Like everything was done. He kind of like raises his eyes and he looks at me and he goes, you know what? You know who you look like? And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, he's staring into my soul. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, oh my God, we're actually about to have a real conversation. <laughs> he says, now listen, I'm going to say something that is probably going to sound upsetting, but I mean it in a good way and you need to hear me out. And I'm like, oh my God, we're having a conversation right now. <laughs> so... He stares at me. He says, "You know who you look like? You look like Alfalfa." And I said, "Yep, you're right. That was upsetting." <laughs> he said, "He said you look like Alfalfa." And I was like, "You know what? You are correct. That was a little upsetting." And I'm we're joking at this point, so it's clearly like funny. And he said, "So like I said, you got to hear me out though. You look like the actor that played Alfalfa, but when he was older." He said, "Have you ever seen It's a Wonderful Life? He's the kid that flips the switch to open up the pool." the floor to, to get into the pool at the bottom. He's like, you look like him older. I have since gone back to watch that movie with <laughs> that in mind. I don't think I look anything like him, but, <laughs> but it was just funny that, that he took a second to like have a real conversation. You know what I'm saying? A lot of celebrities come in and it's like, no, I got it. I'm good. Like they just stand offish, like closed box, whatever. He was very engaging, which uh, was a blast. So I, I, that's one of my favorite memories. Just put a smile on my face. You know what I'm saying? He didn't have to take that second, but it made my day. You know what I'm saying? It's just super easy. Yeah, like was he was doing good. a bit. That was on pretty me. good. I'm hysterical. excited for number one. I think um, I know who. I think I know who it is. I know. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. This one, uh, oh man, I have rarely in my life been starstruck to the point where no words. I literally, I, I did not know what to say. So, Sunday afternoon at a hotel. Uh, I'm painting the picture. For <laughs> Sunday afternoon. So everybody checks out, right? So people typically check in Friday night. They go hard. They go downtown, whatever. Sunday, they all check out. Everybody checks out. There's always a mass checkout. And then really, only the business class checks in Sunday night because they're ch- checking in for their work week. So what you do is you have a mass exodus from 9 to 1 um, Sunday morning, and everybody leaves. And then from 1 to 3, you really don't do anything at all. <laughs> so leading up to this particular Sunday afternoon, there was a group, there was a couple that had checked in probably for Thursday or Wednesday. Like they were there for a whole five or six days. Older couple, kind of quirky, had like a station wagon, like an old, like, like 90s station wagon filled to the brim with like lamps and like crazy <laughs> shit. Like what, why do you need all this stuff? Like there's a bike in there. There's like a pogo stick. I'm like, what is that even doing in there? Why is that? it? You don't need that. Um, it smells weird. Anyways, so they check in, and I specifically remember checking them in, um, and the lady even tried to, like, lock the car as she's walking away to go in the hotel, and I'm like, lady, oh, we have to park the car. We ha- we're going to have to unlock the car to get to, to park the car, So, and she's got a second set of keys. It was a whole thing, so we're on this roller coaster with these folks for five days, and they don't tip. They're not tipping at all, which is, look, is, is fine. You just treat everybody the same no matter what, but it's definitely, it hurts the pocket and it's, it's demoralizing. So get all the way to Sunday afternoon and I've got, I'm just about to cut. I'm about to send people home and we're about to do a tip cut and send people to get out of there. And I'm going to close this thing down probably by myself from like one to three. So 1 PM, there's nobody here, no cars on. Everybody's checked out. It's dead. We're about to cut. There's like six guys. We're all sitting around the drive, just kind of like, sitting out there just shooting the shit and uh this car the station wagon starts pulling into the hotel at which point everyone else (laughs) proceeds to run inside i lose i lose i lose the nose goes game they literally run into the back office so it's just me on the drive and i have to greet these people that have not tipped us all weekend they've been kind of a pain pain in the ass and uh i have to go talk to them they roll up and it's same old beat up station wagon, but there is an extra person in the back of this car. It's that's another one of those unwritten rules. If you see these people all the time and there's somebody new, or maybe you get the door for the woman or the kids first, that's a thing. So I go to, I guess the wife's side of the door. And then I see this extra passenger and I open the door and I'm standing there again, everybody else ran away and none other than Robin Williams gets out of the station wagon. <laughs> and, and like the, the rush of emotions from like, oh my gosh, I like one, I made a ton of money. I'm feeling great, feeling awesome. I see the station wagon and then all my guys just ditch me. And I'm like, awesome, great, great supervisor. I got to do this from all of that back to, oh my God, Robin Williams is standing in front of me. And just like Robin Williams would, he kind of looks up at me and he says, how you doing, kiddo? I was like, he called me kiddo. Oh, God. No. Uh, and I, I mean, to the, when I say speechless, like, 
I think I put my hands, I had my hands on the car doors and I kind of like closed her door and I had my hands up in the air and it was like, one of the, it was like, I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do with my hands. And I think I said, I was like, I'm, I, uh, uh I'm, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I had, I had nothing to say. Dude, and I was like, so Oh cool. my gosh. <laughs> you know, I mean, one of the biggest guy. I mean, you know, biggest guys ever you know just amazing movies so anyways i said you know that and then i kind of came to and i was like how are you guys doing today you know doing the greeting thing and then he walks off down the street and the two other people went inside and you know what i had to do i had to go into that back yep. office and rub it in yep. every single one of their naturally smug faces so like i go back to the back and i'm like hey guys uh and I'm kind of dragging it out like this story <laughs> to make it so the way they, they know they missed out. <laughs> and so I go, you all have no idea who got out of that car. They're like, who? And I'm like, <laughs> i give you three guesses. They're like, just tell us. <laughs> and I tell them it's Robin Williams and my, one of my really good buddies, Adam Naylor, shout out Adam, first shout out in this podcast. He goes, wait, are you serious? And like, he's the most innocent, great person I've ever met in my life. And he goes, are you, Van, are you serious? He's like, he is serious when he asks this question. I'm like, yeah. He's like, no, 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 no. Are, are you serious? And I say <laughs> yes a second time. He opens the door and takes off running. <laughs> he, he, he ran, I'm pretty sure he ran around the block and found him at Starbucks and, and asked to shake his hand. Fantastic. And he just shook his hand. That was it. Uh, That's RIP, all he wanted baby. to do. And no, uh, and so in all seriousness, that was like six months before he passed away. So those are my top three: Chris Pratt, Rob Corddry, and uh, Robin Williams. Those are those were great. I met I met so many like B-listers too. No no offense to you know anybody like that, but there's just you know it's Nashville. There's always stuff going on, even between like film and uh, uh, it's not just country music nowadays. You get sports stars too. I mean, with the Predators and the Titans and, so would, you know, all that, all, all that yeah, good yeah, stuff. No, so. those, those, those are good it's ones. It's a wild world of celebrities. Would, uh, would those meet and greets and things be considered your best hospitality memory? Or do you have something that means a little bit more to you, even more so to that? Yeah, so uh, the way that that individual memories, <sighs> individual memories maybe maybe yes excite ex as far as excitement goes if the emotion was excitement then yes holy cow i just met these people um but as far as best feeling moments you know the, i saw a lot of really good things happen um one of my really good buddies justin burns uh he passed away but he was one of those guys that we was on our team at the marriott and when i was talking about that that one year that was the best year this moment right here was probably the best moment I ever felt. And maybe just outside of this job, one of the best moments ever, but it was Easter Sunday. He was a devout Christian, um, just, but, but not judgy and not like didn't push it on anyone. It was just, he lived what you would imagine a, like a really good, a good person should be, you know what I'm saying? A good Christian, like the way it should be. Um, so it's Easter Sunday, we're crushing it. We're making a ton of money. I think he brought like, to, just for um, reference, we're usually making a hundred dollars, hundred and fifty dollars on Sunday, which is pretty good for, for that job. Um, you could bust out two hundred sometimes. So this Sunday we're about to make two hundred dollars. It's a good Sunday. He has two hundred and sixty-seven dollars in his pocket, and he comes to me 
and he says, Hey, it's Easter Sunday. Um, this is something I want to do. So you, you're going to agree to do something for me without me telling you what it is. And I said, well, that depends. He's like, no, I'm not going to tell you unless you agree. I said, sure. He said, I'm going to pay it forward. You're going to take all this money. You're going to split it amongst the other guys. I'm going to go home. And this is, I, I want to do something good for you guys. And I'm just like, dude, no way. Absolutely not. Just pay, like literally just gave up a 200, 200 plus dollar payday. Uh, and he was like, it's just something that, you know, I believe that like the world needs good. And, you know, <laughs> I just want to do this thing for you guys and you've already agreed to it. So you're taking my money and I'm leaving. And, uh, and it was just, it was done in the, in the best of intentions and like his execution was flawless as always. But, uh, that, I mean, little moments like that, you know, that, that one. And then there was, you know, it t- teaches you, the job teaches you a lot about people. I walked over one day to a guy on a bench outside the hotel and I'm just like, Hey, how are you doing? Is there anything we can help you with? That's something that's just a, a standard, standard greeting. And he goes, well, my dad just mm. passed away. <sighs> mm. Well, all right. That's like, usually it's like, Oh no, I'm good. Thanks. Like that's the usual response. But on this day, I get this guy who was from Australia came in and his dad was in Vanderbilt and he literally passed away like three hours before. All I did was just sat and talked with him. We had other stuff going on. We were pretty busy, but like, I just sat and talked with him. You know, I think I got him uh, a meal at the restaurant inside. I said, Hey, let's take care of this guy. Um, and he was, dude, I mean, he's in tears. Like he's still crying, like processing and everything. And, uh, you don't do it for the money, but at the end of the day, when he was checking out, he, he gave me a hundred bucks. He said, Hey man, I really appreciate you just, you know, chatting with me. I said, man, you, this makes our day, but it's very small in comparison to what's, you know, what you're yeah. going through. I said, we're just, you know, just, it was the right thing to do. And so just, you get those little moments and it's like, wow, like it's a grimy, dirty job and people treat like shit sometimes, but you have that moment or those moments like that. And it's like, man, kind of, kind of restores your faith in humanity a little bit. So I would say those are two of my top ones individually at the end of, you know, up till COVID, I was managing a really big property downtown. And I will tell you, my heart was pretty full. I probably did. I I probably said it too much actually to the guys, but like, this was a team that I had built for two years I brought back some of my friends from other hotels to come work for me. And I had a staff of about 50 of no lie. Like some of my best friends, like the, you know, I draw, I draw the line, drew the line. I will say there were a couple times where we did some big events or we just really got through some big days together. And, uh, you know, I take the guys out for beers or whatnot and show my appreciation and just, man, that team captain coach mentality. I, I just, those moments, I, I see why, I see why sports coaches do it for the love of the game and the camaraderie. Cause it's like, you're, you do anything for your team, man. Um, so yeah, it, ge- it gives back in a lot of ways. You know, I think a lot of that, all of that builds into my appreciation for camaraderie, teamwork, friendship, you know, I'm going to pay all of that. I I still try to pay it for That's kind of why I do that. You know, a nice thing a day kind of thing, you know, when I, when I can is, and it's, it's quite literally directly from when Justin did that. I'll never, it's one of those things that left a mark on me and I will never forget it. And I will always choose to, to pay it forward. And not to put words in your mouth. Would you say that that's probably going to be your biggest, the, the, the biggest thing you miss the most about that, that kind of job? 
Yeah, for 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 absolute sure. Um, I, the camaraderie of it, you know. I think going into the legal field, I will find ways to incorporate some of that stuff, whether it's through my clients that work for me, um, or you know, maybe the firms that I work for, or maybe one day begin myself. Um, all of that stuff kind of just goes into what I, I am and what I will hopefully be. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I felt that hole through, through COVID that was probably the worst withdrawal was going from having all of these people that count on you, that need you for things that like rely on you and that there's also a trust and it goes both ways. And it's like, I rely on them having that 50, 60 person relationship balance, and then all of yeah. a sudden it's gone. <laughs> that was a, that was a pretty hard, like come down a little bit. Um, so absolutely the camaraderie of it, you know, you can get that in other ways, but there's something, something about going to, going to war with your boys that, uh, you know, not actual <laughs> war. You did that. I didn't well, do so, that. You that'll did be my that. story. Um, that'll be my stories. <laughs> we'll get there. Hey, when it's your, Hey, Hey, when it's hey, when we'll it's your war. story time, All right. <laughs> you have that one. But yeah, but you know what? It, you know, with sports and the same same thing. I think I think it was just an extension. I think the job was an extension of me playing sports. That's honestly what it feels like. It just feels like another sport, another team, another game to go play. And we win or lose, and we win or lose together. So that that is what I will not to uh, being you know take it away. But for the last like fifteen minutes, I feel maddened. I've teared up a little bit. I pulled at the heartstrings some. So I want to I want to take this a different level away. All right. Weirdest request <laughs> you ever got from a guest. Weirdest request. Like, you know, I always hear the stories or you Weirdest see the movies request. where people are like, all right, hey, where Man. can I, you know, where can I get that dope? You know, Man. like, you know, little things like that. Is that real? Ooh. I I I at plenty, I have had at least more than a handful of times people do the, the whole tap the nose. Hey man, you know where mm. to, uh, you know, you know where to get some, uh, you know, tap the nose. I'm like, bro, no, I have no idea where to get that. I'm like, well, this isn't Miami. What are you talking about? Um, so I'm like, oh yeah, hang on. Old Greg's down the corner. Let me go grab him real fast. <laughs> Jimmy Grimes. Uh, so you get the drug thing a lot. And okay, sidebar, have to do this another unwritten rule i have had not me not me but i've heard i've never been involved in this story exactly but there's probably been at least 15 times that i can think of where somebody has come and asked for a manager to tell the manager that mm. their weed was stolen out of his <laughs> car keep in mind still illegal in the state of tennessee so the manager what is the manager supposed to do come outside sir i want to get this straight you're asking me to file an official report with your name and all of your information on it that your illegal narcotics were stolen out of your vehicle. Is that correct? <laughs> You'd like me to call the police to file this report? <laughs> that actually gets shut down pretty quickly. What was the yeah, question? Weirdest request. <laughs> I got sidetracked. Oh, weirdest request. Uh, so you get the drug, you get the drugs one a lot. Strip clubs, <laughs> not a good thing. But man, you get the creepy old men sometimes. And they're like, "Hey, where's the good?" Uh, and then I, they don't mm. say strip clubs; they say other derogatory terms for those establishments. <laughs> um, <laughs> they don't call them exotic dancers, anyway. Um, so those are always awkward because I'm like, I don't know, man. I mean, I know there's that one over there. I mean, because you know, you know where the, the the two big ones are in town. 
but it's like i've never been i don't know those are great. Now here's a good one. This, this is uh, turned. This I went. I went to, away from a bunch of drugs well, no, and, and strippers. <laughs> so, uh, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. It's about. It's about. It's about to get worse. Uh, I had two. <laughs> I mean, I was 22, 23 when I first started this job. So I had two probably middle-aged women that asked me to come up to their room and give them a foot massage. <laughs> Those those feet those feet were disgusting. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hey, I absolutely did not do that. You showed me a fifty dollar bill joke. right now. Sarcastic. I don't understand. Do that. Turn that down. Oh, man, mm-hmm. that was an awkward one to get out of because they were pretty persistent. And then not a not a request, but you saw. I mean, on a very sad level of like, you, you want to think these things don't happen, but like when you see men or women come, well, it's usually men yeah. come in with uh, hired pr- professionals coming into the hotel late at night, uh, <laughs> it's, just it's pretty obvious and it's just bad. It's just for all, hey, all know, we should have started with all the negative stuff and ended on the positive note, but, <laughs> but all the. All, all, all of the faith that I have in humanity early on Sunday afternoons dies Friday night at about 11.30 p.m. <laughs> so, again, not requests, but, uh, you know, it's crazy what people will do to bend the rules. When you tell someone, like, hey, this is how this works, they're like, yeah, I hear you, but, um, but yeah, hey, can you do this for me? <laughs> Put me up front, leave the car running, you know, get do this, do that. Um, it's just funny how people see how far they can go with you. And yep. the sad thing is money talks, you know, if somebody is like, Hey, will you do this? And it's like, oh, I really shouldn't. Oh no. Oh no. I forgot about this one. I'm going to say this story now. Oh no. Okay. Well, we're here now. So this is not the weirdest request, but I will say this was the most this was the most flawless execution of a plan between two valets that I've ever seen. I was valet number one. We call this good cop, bad cop, good, good valet, bad valet. Fifth and Broadway. There's a prominent restaurant in Nashville. It's very high end uh, steakhouse. You could put this together at this point, but outside there is a drainage ditch. Mm. Not like there's a drain. There's not, not a drainage ditch. There's a drain. There's like a, a sewage grate. And it smells to high heavens. I mean, terrible. You've got beer and I'm going to leave it at that. All of the other things that you can imagine coming out of downtown, beer and liquids and stuff, um, all goes through this sewage system right next to this restaurant. Well, when cars pull up and they open their doors, sometimes things fall out. And <sighs> unfortunately, I was the yes man this night. <laughs> So this woman pulls up. I think we brought her car around actually. And she was walking to her car and she kind of mm. tripped and she dropped her phone. But this wasn't just her phone. This was like her phone with a wallet and everything in it. Like ID, credit cards, everything. She's out without her husband and she's got the kids or something. She took them to dinner. And so she drops it and she's freaking out. She's like, oh my God, oh my God, what am I going to do? Can you guys, is there a way to we get this out of here? And like, we grab a broom at first, right? And with like a little hook on the end and we're trying to like, it's probably like, it's probably like six feet down, maybe eight feet down, eight feet down. Dude, I know this makes you cringe even hearing, this, even retelling the story. 
you know where this is going. So my buddy Dan Morgan is working with me, and it's just me and Dan. Shout out, Dan. Um, and Dan is the no man. So the lady is like, well, one of you guys go go down there and, and get that. Is there any way to get, get down there and get it for me? <laughs> and Dan's like, uh, yeah, I'm not going down there. <laughs> And she said, and he's like, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not really sure. And I'm like, we, I mean, we're not doing this on purpose. We haven't talked about this, but we can tell the energy that's going on. You just know what's happening. Dan's like, hell no. And I'm like, ah, I don't really know if there's, she goes, I will literally give one of you guys $200 to go get that. And I said, Dan, hold my, hold my shirt. <laughs> she says, she says, I'll give somebody $200 to go get that. And I was like, yeah, Dan, you got this up here for a second. So Dude, oh, this is probably the worst thing. This is the worst request and the worst thing I've ever done. Now, keep in mind, I didn't actually have to like, we, we lift the grate. I did like a monkey bar climb, like kind of like pull up, climb my way down in here. I didn't have to touch anything. I, oddly enough, this was a dry day. Thank God. There was no water. There was no nothing down there. So it was just, you know, whatever. I grab the phone, I climb out. I, again, I really only had to touch with my hands to like the side of like the grate to kind of climb my way out. And sure enough, she gave me $200. (laughs) And then I proceeded to go straight to the bathroom. I put soap literally everywhere. I, from like, I think I took my shirt off and like from my shoulders down, like just soap everywhere. Um, yeah. When I die young, you'll know why. <laughs> this, they pay again, us to this die. This is why men live. <laughs> this is why women live longer than men. Oh man, oh, you know what's so that's funny? A good I one. forgot about that story until you until we, you just asked that question. I will, you know, leave you with some some parting words here. Anything for any of your fellow valet and hospitality crew uh, that may be listening, and then anything to anyone you may have worked with in the past that might hear it as you do begin your transition out. What would you like to say to them? Don't go down the grade. Stay strong. Don't get stuck. Stay golden, pony boy. No, <laughs> uh, no, that's funny. Uh, I mean, I will, I will look. I say this to everyone already, so they, they've already heard it. If you're still working in it, don't ever get stuck in it. Just it is a stepping stone job, and make it make it work for you. Make it work for you in whatever capacity that is. If you want to work your way up, do it, but make it work for you. If it's not working for you, then it's working against you. So, you know, don't ever get stuck in it. It it, it treated me, you know, there were hard, hard times along the way, but it, it at the end of the day, it put me through law school, made me who I am today. So I've got no regrets. Uh, but, uh, but man, I've made so many good friends along the way. So cheer, cheers to all of you guys. Um, it's, it's been a fun ride. I think I'll probably still work, uh, you know, a, a weekend day here and there just to make up some debt for a little while, but, uh, it's been a little final ride around the circle there. All right. A blast. so much for tuning in i hope that you enjoyed story time next week we're going to be doing a christmas special we'll be talking all things from christmas lights 
to movies, to food, to everything you can think of. We're really going to get in the spirit of things. As a reminder, you can interact with us on Twitter at Talking underscore B underscore S. And you can, of course, find us on all major podcasting platforms, including Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify Podcasts. This has been another episode of Talking BS.